This episode of Cinema Gush is brought to you by the Merry Christmas Trope. The Merry Christmas Trope can be used in a myriad of ways. Whether that's saving your own soul or just wishing somebody well, we're going to use the latter and maybe the former. Merry Christmas to one and all. From Cinema Gush to our hearts to your farts, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Maybe I should be cussing with you. I, I, I love it when kids. when kids' movies give kids new ways to swear, and it's not so bad. Oh, it was great. So it was good. So, great. so good. Uh, folks, uh, welcome back to Cinema Gush. I'm talking about fan- the fantastic Mr. Fox. Is it the? Fan- oh, crud. Just fantastic Mr. Fox. That's Is it, right. No, the, the. It's cleaner that way. It is cleaner. I think I have the script here as well, and that is the Fantastic Mr. Fox, hmm. um, written by yours truly, and not yours truly, Wes Anderson, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Noah Baumbach, uh, who's known for a number of questionable early movies, but some really great later movies. I mean, Marriage Story is like oh, that's him, huh? Incredible. The writing is incredible. The acting is like one oh one. So good. Adam Driver, Charles Johansson, uh, Laura from Last Jedi. Had to get it in there. Already did. Um, she got the Academy Award for Best Actress for that one. Laura Dern? Not- yes. Uh, she's great. Society tells us one thing, and that's uh, – or so it was in Society about Mary, who is the mother of God, and she's perfect. Like that whole line, I was like, this movie's amazing. I, I've not seen it. This you is haven't seen Marriage Story? No, I've not seen Marriage Story, no. Marriage Story is uh, – it is incredibly good, and this is the season to watch it in. Um, okay. Because, you know, we're in the, the award season December area, mm-hmm. and uh, now is the time to really – you know, October's the Halloween stuff, the fall stuff, mm-hmm. the over-your-garden-wall stuff. Now we're in, like, like the movie that I enjoy, which I'll talk about later, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, my gosh. Um, we're in oh, that. that. We're there. We're – you know, the high school plays, they've been working on them all semester, and – they're, they're coming into fruition now in November and December, and, and that's where we are. It's award season, and it's time to, to put on your best spectacles, push them up, and say, oh, I also saw this particular flick. <laughs> and Wes Anderson's kind of that guy, very much inspired by, um, gosh, a number of different people, the, the dead-centering frame. Um, I, I mean, like a lot of his work. I am one of those Wes, annoying Wes Anderson people, though I haven't seen The French Dispatch. <laughs> I haven't seen that one either. I, I, I don't know. The thing is, Wes Anderson manages to tick the boxes that appeals to the artsy-fartsy folks while mm-hmm. also being just insanely watchable and entertaining. Absolutely. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, amazing. So good. Isle of, Isle of Dogs, amazing. Yep. Uh, Royal Tannenbaums, pretty dang good. Pretty dang I good. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I actually, Life That's one of the few criteria movies that I have. Life Aquatic is the one I'm still having trouble getting through. <laughs> I enjoyed Life Aquatic. I I, I feel you. Darjeeling yeah. Limited I liked. I think that's towards the top of me. Oh, uh, uh, Rushmore. I haven't seen Rushmore. Rushmore is Rushmore's quite good, and the main gal in it was just on something new that I just watched. What was it? Andor? No, it was something else. I'll get to that later. But um, And then he had one more body of work I wanted to mention. Oh, what's his... Uh, Shoot, the one I'm, I can't think of the name of. Okay, so we, let's see. In order, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums. Life Grand Aquatic Budapest Hotel. 
Grand yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Love the Grand one, Budapest Hotel. The one I was actually thinking of was Darjeeling Unlimited, but yes, Grand Budapest Hotel. Very, very good. Bottle um, Rockets is great, too. Bottle Rocket is great. Yeah, it is. Uh, indie film that introduces to the Wilson Brothers. Wow. Is that their first movie? I actually think it is. Like, those wow. three are like three pieces. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it confidently, and damn it if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty damn sure. I'm looking I'm it up. It. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Acting debut um, for Brothers, Owen and Luke Wilson. There it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well done. Um, well done. And I'll tell you what. Uh, the same year that Fantastic Mr. Fox was up for Academy Award, lost to Up. I get it. Okay. But also, but also, Up is primarily the first four minutes, and nobody else I, really ever talks about the rest of the film. I agree. But at least it didn't lose to. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of worst best animated features, worst yeah. best animated features that win all the time. At, I mean, we at least up has, Kells has to win. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? You and I wanted Secret of Kells to win so. Was that bad. that year? Oh, Secret. No, Kells that was so 2008, I think. Yeah. Oh my god. That was a fun. Oh. That was a fun Oscar party. Mm-hmm. That was the last real good Oscar party, I think. Um, I had a couple after graduation that I enjoyed, but it was mostly the people, not the movies. I haven't watched all of the Oscars through since the King's Speech, ever since that one, which that was an amazing year for movies, Moneyball, King's Speech. Um, that was a good um, year. It was like nine of them were nominated. A great year for film. That was the last time I did a full watch through of the uh, Oscars, and then life just kind of got in the way, and I haven't had a, a good party since. But yeah. I digress, as we often do. Uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox is a 2009 American stop motion animated movie, like I said, with Wes Anderson and Noah Baumbach working on that one. It's based off the children's novel by Roald Dahl, who everybody knows. There's an amazing cast I want to get to in a little bit. Um, I remember seeing this one in theaters and just having an absolute ball. I feel like I went by myself for this one. And I'm so glad I did because I just was. I, just I don't remember. Time. I think I saw this in theaters, but I don't remember. Uh, it came out October, no, November, uh, 2009. So, hmm, I was still in college, so maybe I didn't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Either way, uh, this is for sure my favorite Wes Anderson film. Um, I love it, and for the show notes, I want to post the, uh, Wes Anderson horror film SNL sketch. Where Alec Baldwin says, <laughs> New York, the New York Times said, you had me at Wes Anderson. And you know what? You have me at Wes Anderson pretty much 95% of the time. You have me at Wes Anderson. Um, I love the cinematography. I love his the dedication to the type of humor that he has. And mm-hmm. I, I think back to even like the Grand Budapest Hotel where he's like, oh, you think it was me? And then he just runs off and the camera just stays right there and doesn't move. And then they get him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going off, but either way, no, I love this it, film. <clears throat> his, his aesthetic, you got to talk about his aesthetic to talk about Wes Anderson. I Absolutely. Mean, and I, I think that steady cam, awkward framing is half the point here, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so um, tell me, you saw this alone. What, 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 what? I saw it, yeah, in Phoenix, AMC in 24, Phoenix? as I often okay. did. Um, it was just, I love, I love stop motion animation. I mean... Being a 90s kid, you kind of have to love Nightmare Before Christmas, but I also really love Coraline. I saw Nightmare Um, Before Christmas for the first time last year. Hey! Wow, I didn't know that one. Yeah, I did. What'd you think? 
I loved it. It was great. It's wonderful. How could I like it? Yeah. Coraline I've enjoyed for a while. Mm-hmm. So Yes indeed. The, the the first thing about the stop motion here, I mean, the fact that they chose to do fur was the stupidest, most brilliant thing <laughs> absolutely possible. But did you know that it was fur? What do you mean? Was that something that you like? How did you hear about that? Like that was fur specifically, or that it was hair, or like? Oh, you just that just the that they have something that that they can't they cannot keep it still from shot to shot. Every mm-hmm. time you adjust the figure, you mess up a thousand little strands of hair or fur, or whatever it is. I'm just, like it just. They did a major no-no for stop motion animation, and by doing it, it actually really added to that aesthetic in a way that I really loved, especially this viewing. Well, so not just the stop motion aspect of it, the sound choices in this were insane. They did the voice work outside. They didn't do it in a studio. What? They went to they they recorded this, and I'll, I'll post some behind the scenes stuff where you can actually see George Clooney tucking and rolling in the field and going. <laughs> they did all of that before they did any animation at all. They, and they recorded, recorded the whole it? film in a forest, in an attic, in a stable, underground. They went to all sorts of different places, recorded the entire movie. And then they went wow. to I would never have guessed that, but man, it does not sound like it is in a, in a soundstage. It sure, it's got a richness to it, but I would never have realized that's how they did that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, just a little bit about the movie. You have uh, Mr. Fox and you have Felicity, Mrs. Fox, and uh, Mr. Fox. He's this kind of sly fox, as foxes tend to be. He listens to his little Davy Crockett on his little uh, portable <laughs> recorder, which I thought was a Walkman at first. And uh, we open the movie with him and his wife stealing uh, from a farmer. And we come to find out at the end of the scene where they accidentally get captured. um, She reveals that she's pregnant. And they let you live in that moment. And then, like, she goes, I'm pregnant. (gasps) But he waits and then he reacts. And it's wonderful. It's little things like that. (laughs) Little Wes Anderson brushstrokes that just make me so love this movie. Like, things, for as short as this movie is, a whopping 87 minutes, they really live in a lot of great moments. And that was, anytime yeah. things like that happen, there's like a gasp, or a nice pause. It's just wonderful. And I, and I love that opening sequence, and the music that goes with it. There's a lot of Beach Boys um, in this soundtrack. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, who else? Burl Ives is in this one. Rolling Stones was in there, I think, very briefly. Um, so there's a <laughs> lot of great classic music in this soundtrack. Um, but it's through this pregnancy that Mrs. Fox says, uh, if we're still alive tomorrow, I want you to find another line of work. And it pauses and he goes, okay. <laughs> so it cuts to two years later, which is 12 Fox years. Um, and he is a journalist. He writes for the newspaper. And he's got his little column. I believe it's Fox Around Town. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, again, if you pause the movie – Wes Anderson's attention to detail. His I know. They're always there. They're all like it's in their entirety. Yeah. They're not and out of focus. They're just actually written. Yeah. And the thing is too, you will see like TV shows, like they don't put that much effort in. Like there's been, um, I'm trying to think of that one. What's that, uh, subreddit we like to make fun of movie details. All these different movie details. One shows zoom cussing on movie newspapers. details, right? Yep. Cussing, yeah. cussing movie details. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's cussing movie details. But there's also movie details where they're just like, if you look closely at the newspaper, it's just the same sentence, copy and paste it over and over again. It's like, there's yeah, a okay. word for that, that random Latin. Oh, uh, lor- lorem epsum. Yeah. Yes. Which, why don't you bring that up? There's some very good Latin in this film, especially towards the end when he's calling literally every animal creature like by their Latin name. And then he gets to Kylie. He's just like, hey, you're Kylie. You're available. Okay. Like, that's what you are. Um, but yeah, so. 
the pregnancy, of course, is uh, successful. We meet Ash, who is Jason. Oh, I'm gonna botch his name, but it's Schwartzman. My tongue, Schwartzman. Thank you. Yeah. Um, plays what I presume is like a nine-year-old boy, no, twelve-year-old boy. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shared this movie with. Was it Monica? I think it was. I shared the movie with her. And Your wife. Ash, yeah, yes, thank you. Um, and when Ash is brushing his teeth and his dad asks him to do something, he stops and he spits. She gasped. <laughs> and she went, <gasps> well, that's just that little shock. <laughs> There's little things like that. She's like, what? Why? <laughs> oh, I don't want to live in a hole anymore. It makes me feel poor. We are poor, but we're happy. <laughs> so many good lines in this flick. Um, so Mr. Fox gets the itch. He, wa- he doesn't want to be a journalist. He doesn't want to be poor. doesn't like living in a hole. Dreams of a bigger life, a better life. He wants to live in a tree. He wants to spend the rest of his years in a tree. Um, the line is, uh, I'm seven non-Fox years old now. My father died at seven and a half. I don't want to live in a hole anymore, and I'm going to do something about it. And that's what he does. Is um, He has to talk to his lawyer, played by Bill Murray, because you don't really have a Wes Anderson movie unless Bill Murray is in it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the cussing scene that we were alluding to at the start of the show where he's like, I appreciate your advice. Um, when it comes to buying this particular tree, it's by three farmers, Badger. No, it's, um, Bunce, Boggus, and Bean, the three farmers, um, who of course would kill any wild animal trying to steal anything, something that our fox is prone to. And when he tells Badger that he respects his opinion, but he's going to ignore it, Badger's like, the cuss you are. The fox is like, the cuss am I? The fox goes, don't cuss, cuss on me at this point. They start yelling at each other and they start like snuggling back and forth and, in the background, you see, um, I think it was another badger or beaver who just like looks up and then tings her type right and they immediately stop. Um, it, it's such it's, a great scene. I, it, it, there's any number of words like you could use too to fill it in, but cuss cuss has just got such a nice ring to it as they're yelling at each other. It does, and it's so. I have not read the book as as per usual. Have, have you read the book? No. Okay, yeah. no. Um, I wonder if the cuss thing is in there. Something we I should don't know. know. I can't. Something we should. That would surprise me, but but I would love it if it was. I'll find a way to listen to this book in like a minute, and then I'll get back to everybody. <laughs> but um, during this time, I'm trying to think. It's, there's some relative that I think it's Mrs. So, Fox's brother that has yeah, it's a double pneumonia. It's a cousin, yeah. Yeah. And so that's how we meet Christopherson, who, unlike Ash, who is very and you can't see me do the hand gestures, but everyone does it when they describe Ash. They're like, Ash, you're a little weird um you meet christopherson who is like a pure athlete he's a lot more like mr fox he admires him it's just a natural he's great at whack bat he's great at whack bat plus he knows karate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he meditates and he does meditate home home and ash of course sees him as a little rival and so many great scenes my first big uh burst out laughing moment is when ash and uh, the girl Fox and then Christopherson and the bully, they're all like working in the chemistry class. And uh, he's like, you're supposed to be able, my lab partner. And she's like, I am your lab partner. And he goes, no, you're not. You're disloyal. Like, little <laughs> betrayal. <laughs> the betrayal. So good. Um, and so as time is progressing, they do get the tree and, and life is good for Mr. Fox, but he wants to steal. He wants to steal. Mm-hmm. And he finds uh, a friendship in a possum named Kylie. And, Together, they decide to rob one of the farmers, and it goes spectacularly well. And, of course, my favorite line from that moment is, you know, uh, beagles love blueberries, because Oliver loves blueberries. He loves to eat them. Does he love blueberries? He does indeed, yeah. Yeah. My dog hated grapes, thought I was trying to poison it. 
It's probably true. Yeah, I mean, dogs are deathly allergic to grapes, so... Are they? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> well, there you go. I was Brendan, a good dog no! <laughs> you were trying to kill your dog. I was like 11. <laughs> no, well, she didn't eat them, so... Uh, this is not an aside I want to keep. Moving on. That's, moving right along. So the the first stealing goes successfully, and he realizes he can kind of get away with it. And Kylie's like, I thought this was a one-time job. He's like, yeah, but we're not done yet. And then they go and they steal from the other farmer, and then they steal and they steal quite a bit from that farmer because Mrs. Fox sees how the pantry goes from, like, one chicken to, like, an entire cupboard full of chickens. And he's, of course, lying to her the whole time. And mm-hmm. uh, then we get to Bean. The third farmer, the one who has cider in his cellar. Mm, yes. Where we meet yeah, Rex. As I like to think, Dumbledore 2. Dumbledore 2. It's the second Dumbledore actor, right? Is it really? Pretty sure. Oh my gosh. How did I not know that? Oh, it totally makes sense. I could hear his voice in my mind. Penny, talking Where to his wife. Mr. Mr. Bean. That's Richard something. Mm. Can't I find him? Why can't I find him? That's okay. Um, while you're looking that up, um, and this is the first armor that yes, really Yes, definitely him. Good. That makes me happy. Uh-huh. Um, he's the farmer that, you know, he best, but this farmer is the first one to really get ticked off, calls the other farmers together, having a fox problem, and it's like he's taunting us, and then the, the farmers all get together, and they start pretty much the second chunk of the movie where they are, I would say the second act of the film, which is them constantly getting after Fox trying to kill him and Mr. Fox and all of his friends and family running away. And it's just a joyful trip the whole way with a lot of existentialism, a lot, a lot of like deep philosophical thoughts, but never gets bogged down. And it's just kind of gives it to gives you that pause to think about it. And then another charming thing happens. Trying to think what that line was that he said where he's like, He's feeling a bit existential. He's like Quesal Quesal or something. He like switches from Latin. He says some French. Um, Mr. Fox? Mr. Fox, yeah, when he's talking to Kylie and they're like at the tree. Um, I don't have the line, but it's just, yeah. He talks about like an existential crisis that he's having. Um, And that's what really starts them on that journey. But then, of course, because he can't stay away from stealing from these farmers, the tree gets really like uprooted in a horrible way with the bulldozers and the cranes and um, all the foxes and Kylie are like on the run. And, but then that causes all the other animals to have troubles because of what they're doing to the ecosystem. And then of course he has to get back at the farmers even worse, which raises the stakes even worse. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm being painting with very broad strokes, but this film but is incredibly lovely. It's, it's a lovely it. film. Really so is. why is it stuck with you? Like, I, like I, I really like this movie, but, but what, 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 what grabbed you about it? A lot of interesting things, I would say. The dialogue is so out there for a stop-motion animation film. The characters are, I would, I would say, arguably farther out there than, say, Night Before Christmas or other stop-motion flicks. Because I think the last one before this that I saw was James and the Giant Peach. I don't remember much about that at all. But with Wes Anderson's eye for things, the color palettes, like each character seems to have, um, the humor of it all, the framing... Gosh, I think all of those things really helps really helps solidify in my mind. Plus, it's just like a good classic story of somebody who just doesn't know when to quit because it's what it's what in their nature. It's what he does. Cause they're an animal. Uh, yeah, because they're wild, wild animals. animals. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to put it in words, but those are well, those are some words that I said that puts it in. 
Um, yeah. Did you did you watch this recently with the kids? Yeah, I watched it two nights ago. We watched it with the whole family and just had a great time. It was it's known as to Galen, my youngest, as the Fox movie. The we Fox really movie. liked the Fox movie. And of course, now that you've mentioned the Fox movie, I have to interject that I will also post in the show notes my favorite parody of this film, The Fantastic Mr. Star Fox. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite games of all time. They parodied it, like they parodied elements of it into a college humor stop motion action. Uh, it was a little short trailer, I should say. And uh, sometimes I just watch it to cheer myself up because it's it's very good. Yeah, it, it honors the movie very well and it honors Star Fox that. very well. Hey, I'm on your side. It's even better if you know the '64 game and all the the lines that people say because they like throw them all over the place in that script. Um, yeah, and I mean, even just like the way that the animals are so much like the humans. Like, there's a real estate agent, and there's lawyers, and well, that's one of the things school. I I really love about it is the fact that the animals have like the humans know the animals are intelligent, but yet they still follow this. the The logic of the universe is very elastic, and it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense in its entirety, and it doesn't matter, and it just goes with it. And I love that. I. I, I <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that's one thing I always think about with this film is like, it's clear they understand each other. Yeah. Not just for the fact that like Mr. Bean. So down the road, um, they think they get away from the farmers because they stole everything and they're kind of having a little celebration and they're in the sewer. And at this point, Fox's tail has been shot off mm-hmm. and the main farmer's wearing his tail as a necktie. And the son really wants to get in his father's good graces. So he tells Chris Opperson that he wants to steal back his dad's tail Mm-hmm. which is this guy's tie. And so <coughs> they're having this del- amazing, what appears to be a Thanksgiving feast. Like this is a real, really good autumn movie um, in this, in the sewer. And at some point they hear this rumbling and it's cider. that literally floods them out of where they are. Um, and at that point, Christopherson gets kidnapped or Fox snapped, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. And the main farmer sends him a note cut out from magazine. Letters. Right. And then Fox sends him a note, also cut out from magazine letters. And, they, and he even points out, he's like, why did, he, why did he write me this letter cut out from magazine letters? He goes, well, you did it first. Like that moment. So clearly right. they understand each other. And when Fox is like, do you have him? Like they're yelling to him upstairs from the, or the farmers are in the road with a whole bunch of guns trained on the sewer hole. And he's like, do you have Chris Opperson? He's like, yep, he's right here. It's like, okay. The pretext normally is if you can all speak to each other, you probably shouldn't be killing each other. You could have a conversation. <laughs> right. But I, I love that they don't. I love that they can understand each other, but yet it's still humans versus animals. Or, I mean, or I, even yeah. more so, we've got a fox who is a journalist. We have his nephew who does transcendental meditation. We mm-hmm. have a badger that is, a, uh, is it an attorney? Yeah, he's yeah he's a, he's the attorney. He's a lawyer. Badger and Badger or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there is a a rat who is a devious and intelligent criminal, and then there are the dogs that are just dogs. I mean, they're just they're just dogs. They're not. They love blueberries. They love blueberries, and, and everybody just goes with it that these animals are hyper intelligent, and those animals are just animals, just what they are. <laughs> oh my gosh! And you could one could argue that the uh, animals act more human than the humans do. Totally, especially after the scene where. Um, Bean finds out that they stole absolutely everything, and he just tears the trailer apart, which is one of my favorite scenes. Because like it was all that detail, and just like he tore everything down—the blinds, or wrecked the newspapers, and pushed out the stereo—and then he's about to smash something. He sees the cider thing, and just gets all quiet. And goes, "I got an idea. 
Like, that's the thing I'll throw around the house every now and again. And, of course, the references <laughs> will go over her head, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I'll just be in the kitchen and be like, I got an idea. Well, like, it, oh, yeah? What is it? <laughs> I, I, I love that they steal everything, too. I, I think it's, it's, it's a special little note on, in a lot of ways, Mr. Fox goes from being what, what should be unlikable to really unlikable to really unlikable. He, he gets them all in trouble, and his first thought is, well, we got into this trouble by stealing stuff, so why don't we steal everything? That'll solve mm-hmm. our problems. And I, I think the only actor I can think of who could play this role and still make this character so charming is George Clooney. Absolutely. George Clooney is so perfectly cast in this role because he is not unlikable. He is so damn charming. When mm-hmm. he says, I'm a wild animal, you go, yeah, all right, that's great. Let's roll with it. Or the scene where he and uh, Rat are having a showdown, and the Rat's like, how's your old lady doing? And Fox goes, do you refer to my wife? And Rat says, she was the town tarred in her day, wild <laughs> and footloose and pretty as a mink stole. She was a creme brulee until you made an honest woman out of her, Mr. Fox. And Kylie's like, is that true? He's like, of course not. I mean, certainly she lived. We all did. It was a different time. <laughs> like, like, you just don't get that dialogue in a kid's movie, like, ever. I think there's a show on Disney Plus now, um... The Benjamin Society or something? I, I have heard it from the other room, and it sounds like they talk that way, but I feel like they wouldn't do that if it wasn't for this wonderful film. Oh, it's great. And and Rat. William Defoe is great as Rat. Like liquid gold. Because <laughs> he loves cider. He just loves his cider, and there's a great scene where, like, I'm trying to remember what's flashing in the base or the, in the sewer that's causing those. Oh, it's the electricity. And they have, like, those freeze frames where, like, they're in the middle of a battle, but clearly mm. they don't want to have a violent fight for, like, rating reasons, maybe. Also, and it of course, looks great. It does. It does. And, and Rat gets killed. He's, and he tells him, like, immediately, like, where, where the boy is, Christopherson. He's like, would you tell me if I hadn't killed you? No. Like, he wouldn't. Well, and so as... he gives him, like, some sewage. And he's just like, here's Bean's best cider. And he's like, lack, liquid go. <laughs> it, that, that is one of my favorite deaths in any kid's movie. I love mm-hmm. that scene. It is heartfelt and funny, and it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, then there's an ex- there's an amazing climax with you know uh, they call back to a dog that has rabies and um, plays into it, and him like yelling at the the farmer and telling him he's like I'm gonna get you and all these other things, and they all start shooting him. He's like, or oh, we should just leave. That works. Mm-hmm. But the course, the mo- the point of the movie that I I don't know. I guess it was my second biggest laugh in the whole film. I don't know if I laugh at it now, but when I saw it in theaters, it threw me off because he has this fear of wolves. And uh, oh man, the Kylie wolf. brings it up a number of times. But then when he finally sees the wolf, it's like this. Or when when they're driving away from the farm, they see this wolf just like on top of a hill. Mm-hmm. There's like beautiful mountains in the background, and Fox just starts like calling out to him and talking to him, and he's like, "I have a fear of wolves." He's like. He says it's going to be a long winter. It's like the, the wolf isn't moving. The wolf isn't saying anything. So it's, it's like they have mysterious. this like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're just like, uh, he's like, Conus Lupus. And he's like, points himself. He's like, Vulpus Vulpus. He's like, I don't think he speaks English or Latin. So he like tries French on him. And um, there's this part where Fox just raises his fist in the air. And the wolf just like looks at him. And then the wolf just does it. I don't know where. Like, it was Solidarity. My, it was my wallpaper background for years. I computer. remember that. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I saw that. No, that yeah. was the biggest laugh in my kids all night long, by far. Yeah. What a beautiful creature. Wish him luck, boys. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. <laughs> and then they all just drive away. <laughs> and that's pretty much the whole movie. 
And, and the movie also doesn't really resolve because the farmers still aren't quitting. No. Like, it li- like there's literally the newscaster who is another um, famous actor who I can't think of right now. What's like the three farmers are still there just like staring at the hole, like the salt of the sewer trying to starve them out. And then the so camera like, pans down and they're just living down there. It's so great. Yep. The, the real estate otter is like selling them property within the sewer. Um, and then, of course, there's like a, a very nice toasting scene in, in a grocery store that just puts a big, stupid smile on my face. It's, mm-hmm. ah, it's so good. It's wow, a we're lovely, glowing. lovely movie. Yeah. So this is just a brief gush. I, if you haven't seen it, I've just ruined the whole thing. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Um, it is actually, where is this? Am I, this is number 17 in my top 20 films of all time. I need to work at top 20. Yeah. I'll have to do it that. took a while to get there. But there, I would like to see a movie that I loved and be like, "This is 38." <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know what that. I just it's something like that. Something's in there. I just like I just know that they're they're, they're that high, and I know for a fact this is 17. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, 10 out of 10. Freaking love this film. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, go see it. And then also, when you're done doing that, if you'd like a good double feature, see the second stop motion animated movie Wes Anderson made called Isle of Dogs, about a boy who like goes to a garbage dump island where like all the dogs have been dumped off to and to like find his dog. And it's, it's uh, just as good. Maybe I've only seen it really a couple of times, I but to, I didn't get, I didn't finish it. We started with the kids and then the kids got sick. And so we never got around to finishing oh. it. So we got to sit down and actually watch the whole thing. That, I feel like that was the last time I had like a full on gasp in a film was when something happens towards the end. Okay. It just it was, yeah, it was a big old shock, but it, yeah, 10 out of 10. Fantastic Mr. Fox. See it as fast as you can. I'm not cussing with you. It's the right time of year, too. It's it's a feel-good, mm-hmm. warm movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the soundtrack is good to, like, get cleaning done, too. Because you'll be, like, working on the kitchen table, and you'll just go, round, round, get around, I get around. It's <laughs> it's lovely. So that's all I, that's all I wanted to gush about the movie. Do you have uh, any favorite moments that come to mind? Uh, any movie the Wolf that, by just... Far. Yeah. But also... I really like Christofferson as a character. He just, he, he pleases me. And especially, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's such a resilient character as everybody chews him out and makes him, I mean, the people who praise him, he doesn't let it go to his head. The people who hate him, he doesn't let it make him mean. He's just, he's just a great <laughs> character. One, you know what, I just, that just triggered something else. One thing I love about this movie is that, like, all the main characters cry at some point. Yeah. And, I, like, Fox does it twice. Once with the wolf, and then once when his wife slaps him. His line to Ash is so beautiful, and then Ash starts crying. I think Monica was like, oh! The one where um, he tells him about, like, Ash, I ever tell you the story about when you were born? He's like, yeah, you guys got caught in the trap. He's like, yeah, I know. And he's, like, trying to tell him that Ash keeps interrupting. He's like, you're stealing my lines. He's like, okay. And he's like, Ash, I'm so glad that that kid was you. Oh, I know. And, yeah. I teared up on that one. Yeah, because then Ash starts crying, and then you're like, oh, my gosh. And then you start crying, too. And, um... Christopherson definitely has like a weeping scene and then Felicity is just crying at some point when she says the story's too predictable and she's like, I shouldn't have married you. And I'm like, damn, oh, I know. you don't say that in a kid's movie. You don't tell the husband. I love oh, you, but God. I shouldn't have married you. And then five minutes later, she's doing demolition and going contact and blowing up the sewer. So um, good. So uh, yeah, the movie hits all the right emotional beats just in a very unique and different way that is only done in the way that Wes Anderson can do things. I think, yeah. um, he earns emotional moments in very strange ways, very just like James ways. Gunn does in Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy, my favorite Marvel film still. Yeah, yeah. 
quick aside, they came out with the top 70 Marvel films. Everything top, from like... Top yeah, 70? Everything from like the uh, 80s Captain America. There have been 70 films that count as Marvel I'll films? have to get the list. I don't want to say I'm making it up, but it was like 70, 70 Marvel things. And it was like... You know there's an agenda when Mrs. when uh, Miss Marvel's number seven. It just doesn't make sense. I'll have to find the list. I'm going off on an odd tangent. Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. Sorry, thank you. Miss Marvel's, Marvel's pretty good. Order. Yes, yes, thank you, Captain Marvel. I don't know if I'm, it's not seven, but it's pretty good. The one with Brie Larson? No, Miss Marvel. Is the, the team Miss Marvel is not Captain Marvel's with Brie Larson. Miss Marvel. Oh, well, that's yeah. right. That's one you're watching with the kids. That's right. Yeah. Captain Marvel was number seven on this list. I, I will find out what it was. And then Avengers was number one, which is fine, I guess. The original um, Avengers? Yeah. Somehow that. That's not number one. It's good. It's, yeah. it's not number it's, one. Yeah. Guardians was, was quite low, if I remember correctly. But it. I've digressed too far. Fantasmaster Fox, I'll say it as fast as you can. 10 out of 10. It's lovely. It is lovely. It's very uh, lovely. Been watching anything good lately? Um. Yes. We just started Andor. Oh. And uh, first episode was excellent. And we tried to watch the second one, and like it broke Disney+. And I have tried for two days to watch it, <gasps> and it's not working. And I reset the computer. I probably had to clear oh, cookies no. or cash or something. But one plays perfectly. Two never gets past the Disney Plus logo thing. So we're oh, like no. kind of thrown. I think maybe I'll just, I'll just do it from my iPad or something. Maybe it's just the laptop. But So we've paused it for a second until I figure out this little technical glitch. It's so but good. Yes, Fix it's it. It's so good. Oh, the Jordan, I'll, I'll send you a TV. <laughs> well, you don't have to send me a TV because I just got an Xbox One, baby. Yeah. yeah we'll just load the app on your Xbox One. I'm getting into the 2011s, baby. Yeah, is that when that came out? I, think that's I don't right. know, but there's a Disney Plus app on that console. I know. That's the reason why I upgraded anyway, because they shut off Xbox Live for Xbox 360. Mm. Monica needs her Netflix box. That's what I say. So, uh, yeah, so Andor has been great. Um, I've been revisiting. I usually do, people who are friends with me on Facebook, they know I usually do a, a, a favorites of the year kind of a thing. So I'm kind of... I need to do that. I'm trying to confirm a couple of things. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the last episode that that tie is no longer a tie, but it's definitely a first and second thing. Um, let's for the, so January. Let's do it. Let's do yes. top of the year. I like that because I do a, I do a lot of different lists. Like I'll do my favorite lines, which I've already talked about. My favorite songs, which I think I've talked about. Um, so I have a lot of things. I, I think I'll probably do some blog posts um, just to sum up my year of. Like, there was a nice long lull, and here I am playing catch-up. Like, Tragedy of Macbeth was, you have to be, it's... it's. I need to see that still. Here's what I'll say about the Tragedy of Macbeth. It's amazing. You gotta be in the right mood. Because he does, uh, Ethan Cohen, not Joel, it's I believe it's just Ethan. Yeah. Um, he's doing the Cabinet of Cali- uh, Caligari, why am I saying that? Oh, one? really? He's making that? He's doing, he's doing that thing with the cinematography. Oh, okay. And he just elevates it. Um... And of course, it's it's pure Shakespeare. There's no modern twist on it, or anything. it's Denzel Washington is an amazing Macbeth. Um, Macbeth. Yeah. Did I say Hamlet. Which one is it? Oh, you, you're right. You're still right. Sorry, yeah, I was Macbeth. just I was so yeah. thrilled because his performance is so good. When he does the dagger dialogue, good gravy, awesome, freaking awesome. <sighs> um, I have to do it. 
And the one, actually, it's got to be Ethan Cohen because the the wife Francine, something or other, who was in Nomadland and Fargo. She's the wife and is amazing as the wife. Um, Brendan Gleeson is in it, which always great. Always great. I gotta say, man, we had such a hard time with three billboards, and the oh, next one, the next one comes out um, in two weeks. And I just don't know. The next one. Banshee's the, the next, Sorry, the next Martin McDonough movie is coming out in two weeks. The Banshee's? Straight to HBO Max. Yes. It's coming to HBO. So it was in theaters like yep. a month and a half ago. So that's why yeah, I was but confused about it. Straight to HBO Max, yeah. So, so we, and, we lost it. We missed it by a day. We had a date night planned and we missed we missed it by a day. So I'm glad it's coming to HBO. I just don't know because I, I just Billboards love, was painful. I just love In Bruges so much. And I just want screen. more of that. And I haven't gotten that. Like, Seven Psychopaths is fine. I don't ever need I'm to see it again. But it's fine for what it was. Uh, three Billboards. I hate that movie. <laughs> like, three, that was no, the same I, year. I, I, I hate it in a visceral level. Well, but, but, I, but, but I can but still I thought, tell it's yeah. his movie, right? And so I, 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 it was competently made. It was well acted. It was well filmed. I hate the story. So I still trust him to be a good filmmaker. I did the sandwich thing where I was like, I saw something like... We both went to Franciscan. It's, you give somebody the compliment sandwich, right, where you say something nice about them, then you insult them, that's the meat, and then you close it off with something nice, like, God bless. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the compliment sandwich. I had kind of a compliment sandwich in movies where I saw three billboards, and it was bad. And then I saw the Phantom Thread, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Shape of Water, which is, like, mm-hmm. bottom ten for me of all time. I hate that movie. <laughs> so it was that was a very rough year for Oscar movies for me. Um, yeah, Shape, Shape of Water to me was hands down the most beautiful movie of the year, and I left the theater just pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I don't so, even know. How I got on that I, tangent, but I, anyway, <laughs> I'll have to. Maybe we have to do this afterwards. But but if you remember, Shape of Water came out in the year that the Weinstein was taken down, and uh, I kept help. Couldn't help but feeling that in this 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 Me Too era, that Shape of Water was oddly pro non consent. Yes, it's a very rapey movie. Oh boy, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. But I I, I hearken to agree. Um, rough film all the way around. But what did I watch anything else? I think I just I, I told you yesterday. I just started Halo. I've only ever played Halo One. I played the multiplayer for two, but I'm like. New to the universe, and one brought back feelings of when I lived in Austria, and I played mm. that game for the first time and just loved it. And so, uh, with my with my brand old Xbox One that I got from Goodwill, I'm uh, I'm giving it a go. Enjoy, yeah. You got the Master Chief Collection. Master Chief so you, Collection. You can play yeah. all the way through four. It's funny when you get something on Goodwill. Like I got a PS4 on Shop Goodwill, and it's like the Uncharted Special Edition. I got Uncharted uh, mm-hmm. Four, and then. Last of Us and I've since gotten a ton of games that you've recommended, so thank you. And then for the Xbox One, you don't really know what you're getting because they don't test them. They just uh, like sure. the power the power button came on, and but they don't show you anything else. So it's like okay, like here we go, so, you're yeah. rolling the dice. And so I got it. I got the Modern War because it, it, it was a special edition Xbox that came with the Modern Warfare Three and Black Ops Two stuff like medals and booklets and things, but with no games in the cases. So I was like. Great! I literally have an Xbox One S with a Kinect, and it didn't have a controller either, so it was a big surprise. 
So I got a controller from uh, a wired one from Walmart for twenty bucks. Flipped it on, and oh, there's fifteen games already downloaded on here. And therefore, making the purchase worth it. I can play them. Yeah, they were they were downloaded with, straight with to the hard account, drive. With your account, though. With my account, logged in as my email. I don't know how it works, but I have like the equivalent of like fifteen games on there. Well, I don't. I know. will tell you that the I don't buy games anymore. I use Game Pass for almost everything. This episode is brought to you by Game Pass. It's dude, you get a month of Game Pass and just play the most obscure random. Like you get a free month of Game Pass and then I will give you a list of great, great <laughs> games to play. I got. I'll tell you this. I got instant nostalgia because one of when my GameCube popped up on top of this dude's GameCube game queue that was already on the hard drive and plus showed up and yeah. I was like, oh, oh, oh we should oh, play n plus some we evening should play n plus again i would jo- let's have an n plus evening i forgot about n yeah plus. man for those who don't know m plus is like a stick figure ninja puzzle game where you're just trying to like get to the goal by activating door switches and there's landmines and lasers and missiles and it is like i don't know if it was an indie game i think it's gotta be right yeah, it was well, it, the original well, n was a uh flash game N plus is the console oh, adaptation. I did not know that. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to go into a huge rabbit hole and look up the N plus creators and see what else they've done lately. Um, Cause that was like one of the first big indie games on the Xbox 360. And then yeah. of course Meat Boy came out and that really spiraled an entire generation of just insane indie games. I mean, Meat but... Boy and N plus are very similar. Game. Okay. But see, yeah, that's the beauty of game pass, <laughs> dude. The game that I've played more than any other game in the last six months mm-hmm. is power washing simulator. Where you take a power washer <laughs> and you Come clean on. the cuss off his stuff. Oh my gosh. And I would never have dropped money on that because why would anybody want to play that? <laughs> but it was like meditative. I'll turn on a podcast and I'll power wash a house that caught on fire. It was I mean, lovely. And that's I the enjoyed game the pass. Goose Game too, man. Like, I Goose really Game is on that. Game Pass. Yep. Well, that's good to know. Uh, so I yeah I, I do I do enjoy a damn good I, I love epic cutscenes I know some people absolutely hate them but like I no, love in Uncharted I'll put the controller down and just enjoy it because it's like a, a good movie okay uh, let Kingdom me say Hearts. I love epic yeah. cutscenes when they don't come at the beginning of a game they I feel like a video game needs yeah, to get you fair. playing within the first five minutes you can have long epic cutscenes halfway through as a break but I want to be playing the game within the first five minutes. Friendly reminder to our listeners, Final Fantasy VIII is one of Brennan's favorite games of all time. It opens with a long cutscene. Okay, okay. That's <laughs> that's not fair. I, it is it is not fair at all. It is not fair also, at all. Also, but. that's one of those games. So Final Fantasy games are games about the narrative. Like, like it's meant to be slow. It's almost like a visual novel more than anything. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm playing so Uncharted, I want to be climbing up something falling off a cliff. Yes, you do. Or a train that's like fall- yeah, that's what I was, falling off yeah. a cliff. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, other than that, my my good friend Adam was concerned that I had never played Mario Rabbids, which so he sent it to me for free. And it is uh, it is Final Fantasy Tactics with guns mm-hmm. with Mario. And so far, it's a lot of fun. It's never big into the tactics game games. I'm not either. I'm really not. I'm doing it because I got a free game Rabbids from a friend who was working. concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I did get, lastly, I did get the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Ooh. for the Switch. And I just, I, uh, Tony Hawk is just candy to me, man. Hey. It was the first game I ever got for N64 from my parents who had never, ever bought me a video game before. Uh, actually, I said that back. They bought me Pokemon Red. But 
N64 got me Tony Hawk. I played the hell out of that game. Tony Hawk 2 for the PC played the hell out of that game. Uh, and so when they redid one and two in HD with a whole bunch of new music and the re- all the mu- all music redone, like, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm getting this. So I just beat one, and it's it's amazing. I just uh, it's yeah, it's like it's just like good candy. Speaking of which, why don't we have good extreme sports games anymore? Well, I, I can't tell you how much money I would spend if they remastered SSX Tricky and Three. One of the random TikTok accounts that I follow and interact with is the guy who just puts in SSX Tricky best of clips. I'm like, dude, please put on three some clips of three. It's like, I will, man. Just give me some time. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll watch these all day long, though, because I, I, yeah. It's such a good SSX game. SSX 3 is so good. Or just any, like, the, 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 the SSX that came out, like, ten years ago, it's not much fun. It's just, it wasn't much fun. I, I missed the, the good PS3 the, one? Yeah, the, the, was more, I don't know. It didn't work for me. But but like, I, I I got it at Dave and Buster, so I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> maybe I don't but know. But I, I but I know what you mean though. I do know what there you mean. There are good like, extreme sports games. And that does and so Tony Hawk fills that for me. I love the insane combos. Like I'm probably gonna play it right after I'm done with this. Uh, oh I did. Oh I'm looking right at my GameCube, and that reminded me one last thing. I did start Metroid Prime for the first time ever. <gasps> oh, that's a good game. Um, when I got the PS4, I started a list on my uh, Notepad app of like games to get next, and that's when you mentioned the Ghost one, which I picked up recently. Yep, um, Ghost of Tsushima. And I looked up uh, the best GameCube games of all time, and to my surprise, the number one game listed is Metroid Prime. I'm like, yeah, I've never played this. And I found going through when uh, my uh, in-laws came and they went through every single room in our house and they would just like every day I'd finish work, there'd be like four long tables of like stuff. They're like, what do you want? What don't you want? And we donate stuff. It was great. Mm. It was like Swedish death cleaning. Amazing. I found this. They found a baggie of GameCube games, three GameCube games in a bag. Tales or Skies of Arcadia, which is like a $140 game randomly. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess and Metroid Prime. I didn't even know I owned that game in my closet. I don't keep old games, but in my closet, one of the few of the things I still have is I have the Ocarina Collection for GameCube. Yeah. I have <laughs> uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, and mm-hmm. I have uh, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just beat the first chunk of Metroid Prime. Um, now I'm on this planet. I'm just like, I get it now. Like it's t- the game came out in like two thousand three. It holds up remarkably brilliant. well. It's brilliant. Yeah. Like, the GameCube is one of the best consoles of all time, and I feel like yes, it doesn't it get the love that it deserves, or maybe, or at least it didn't when it was out. That is a when solid console. When you're holding the console and pushing the trigger buttons in, it's just like it's dopamine every time. Oh, so what, I bought that console purely because mm-hmm. I played Rogue Squadron at a yeah, Walmart yeah. and I pulled those yeah. triggers and I shifted to S foils to attack position. And it was like, this is, this is everything life should this be. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, it's just a blast to have the GameCube controller in my hand. It makes me want to buy one of those, I don't know, $30 HDMI adapters just to stretch it out. But like, it still looks good. It still looks very good. Well, like, so the kids, don't know, but they're getting a, a family pass for the Nintendo online for nice. Christmas. So I'm really excited to go play Majora's Mask, which I've never played. That's on uh, my that's that's my big excitement for the for Christmas. That is like a fine port. Yep. 
Yep, never oh. played Majora's Mask. Peak 64, man. Um, so that is everything I've been enjoying lately. What have you been enjoying lately, Brendan? Uh, I haven't watched a ton of movies. I watched I watched The Bad Guys, which was a lot of fun. Great animation. Yes. Yeah, great. Um, we turned on, and I've seen this. I haven't seen this since, excuse me. I haven't seen this since high school, but I watched Joe versus the Volcano with my kids. I've never seen it. It's so good, man. Oh, good. It's such a, it's such a lovely, weird movie. It's, <laughs> it's delightful. It, it, it's not weird in the same way as Wes Anderson, but it has it. it his aesthetic is his own, but it's got a, a weird, quirky vibe that gels. Um, and I think it's a lovely movie, and it's really nice. funny. There, there's. You know the premise? Not really. So, it's 1990. Uh, Tom Hanks plays Joe, who's in an awful, awful, terrible, the worst job you could possibly imagine. And his doctor diagnoses him with a brain cloud. And says you have six months to live. And then this rich man says, there's this eccentric Willy Wonka style rich guy comes to him and says hey I hear you have a brain cloud and you're gonna die he says yeah Jeez. and he goes alright well there's an island filled with resources I want but the, the, the natives will only let me mine it if I find somebody willing to sacrifice himself into a volcano so if you jump into a volcano right, <coughs> right before you're gonna die anyways I'll let you live like a king beforehand and, and wow. Meg Ryan plays like three different characters throughout the movie. And one of my, it's in the trailer. It's at the end of the movie, but it's like my, my favorite thing to sum it up is Meg Ryan. He's about to go jump in the volcano. Meg Ryan says, but I love you. And she, he looks at her and his eyes well up with tears and he goes, I love you too. But the timing is terrible. I gotta go. And he turns around. And goes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great Aww. movie. It's, Tom Hanks is in a movie coming out called uh, A Man Named Otto. Have you seen this trailer? I know of it, but I haven't seen the trailer, now. It's just like he's the grumpiest neighbor, and it's like you don't believe it because it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom you Hanks. just know it's going to turn out fine. Sure. Like, Tom Hanks can't really play a bad guy, but I'll check that one out. That sounds delightful. It's a delightful movie. It is a extremely pleasant way to spend an hour and a half. Um, nice. I, I bought on good Black Friday one of the few games I've actually purchased in a physical copy. I bought uh, Sonic Frontiers for like 20 bucks, and, and I expected very little from it, and I enjoyed every minute of it. It is oh, a <laughs> very imperfect video game, and it's the most fun I've had with a 3D Sonic game since the original uh, Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. I really had a great like time Like all Sonic it. games, it's imperfect. <laughs> Except this one's both imperfect love. and fun instead of just imperfect. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah it's an important it's distinction to make here. It certainly is. Approved. Yeah, no, really like that. Um, not not watched a ton. I, I made my wife sit down and watch They Live With Me because that's still my favorite viewing experience of the year. <laughs> um, rewatching oh, some shoot. community because that's always fun. Um, reading some things. Oh, speaking of Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> I, oh? <laughs> I uh, bought... And read uh, a collection of essays about Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, okay. That is written by what, I, as far as I can tell, I, I don't know anything about him, but just the way he writes, it, it is a French translated from French. But mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure this is just a basement dwelling incel. <laughs> <laughs> the best writers. And 
<laughs> and it it's like goes into the it, it, the first third is like a history book but a history book of Final Fantasy 8 and then the next third is these rambling essays about the nature of fiction and oh, then the gravy. there's a chunk in the middle that is the production of the game which was by far the most interesting part but it was trash and I enjoyed every minute of it um, I also have the, uh, the, the the Blade Runner 2049 art book the uh, the design book nice. that's, that's been, that's been Denny. I'll follow that Amazing. man to hell and back I will that's so cool yeah. I mean that's long and the short of it but uh I okay, so I'm really tempted. I haven't decided yet. Hmm. Bozeman is two hours away, hour and forty five from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Okay, tomorrow at seven o'clock, they're showing Evangelion Thrice Upon a Time. Oh man! And I have Friday off. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, see ya. And I'm really tempted to go drive to Bozeman to watch. I've already seen it, but to see it in theaters and it's the conclusion and it's so sweet. Have you have you watched any of the rebuild movies? I've only seen the original series, that's it. And did you see End of Evangelion? Nope. Not just the original you series. You never saw the movie that ended the series? I consume I assume the congratulations was the I know that there are movies. The, the clapping this. Yes, to me that was the end. Okay, no, no, but wrong. but then a year later he came out with a movie that's actually the end. I have not seen it. It's the most effed up thing I've ever watched. I think it's in my top. It's it makes my top twenty. Um, I think I, I think I know something from this movie, but I'll ask you later. It's the most effed up. Th- yeah, no, I know right now what you're referring to. Okay, there <laughs> we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It's the most effed up movie I think I've ever seen, and I I adore that movie. And it is so pessimistic and so dark, and. Then he made four more movies, and this is the culmination of the series, and it ends on such a pitch perfect, beautiful note. And oh god, mwah. so thinking about doing that, I think I'm gonna go see the menu on Friday, on my day off. And so yeah, that's that's me. Heard I I know lots of good. I've heard lots of good things about the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want. I I mean, at some point I'll see the whale. Yeah, I'll see it too. I, I gotta get there. For me. It, it's it's out down here, but I. It's one of those, like, if we're going to go see a movie, which more than likely we're going to go see something Sunday night, mm-hmm. it ain't going to be that. Like, oh. uh, yeah. someone today at work was just like, have you seen Yellowstone yet? And I was like, the opening scene, a guy care. blows a horse's head off. I can't, like, w- like the wife will not sit through this. I'm sorry. <laughs> she won't. I, she won't. Re- yeah. So it's I'm, been a lot of downtown. I don't need to see, <laughs> I, I live in Montana. I don't need to see ranchers being cold. Um. <laughs> no, I did. I went and saw Wakanda Forever. I forgot about that. Did you see it? I did. You didn't like it? Here's the thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, here we go. Here's the thing with the movie. Okay. I have never been to a movie where people were openly weeping in the first 10 minutes. And when the movie yeah. gets quiet and the Marvel logo appears and you can see all the great moments of Chadwick Boseman, who, by all means, great actor. Very sad he passed away. I, I people were weeping, and I could hear people sniffling and openly crying, and I've never experienced that before. And it was like, it, it must have been how when people would go see movies in the 1800s, 1900s, and you had to live in a moment. Sure, you might not have had music. Like it, it was just like I was like, so that's what that feels like. Huh. 
And it was, to me, it was, I don't know, it gave me pause. It was quite remarkable, really. And and for goodness sake, the director, writer, um, Ryan Coogler. Yeah, I mean, for goodness sake, you can't possibly have had more against you um, to have written the finished movie, have your lead die, have to redo the entire movie. It's just like, all of that is like, I, 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 it's almost like I can't, I can't be mean to it because it was just, it means so much to so many different sure. people. So, but it didn't work overall, for you. Overall, though, there were a lot of problems, uh, a lot of holes, a lot of things that didn't work. There were two big, like, like when she finally does like go into that dream state, and who she sees was like, holy crap! And then, um, I can firmly say, I genuinely can't think of the last time a mid credit scene made my jaw fall on the floor. And that's what that movie did for me. Was in oh my. Gosh, like you look around, everyone's open in a very good okay, way. Because I really liked that like, mid credit scene. Yeah. yeah, no, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, it was a I heard, scene. and again, there was crying again during the credits. And I was just like, wow, like this means a lot to so many people, and I, I hundred percent get that. And then they, they drop that bomb on you, and you're just like, what? So I'll put it this way: three out of five. It is a flawed movie. I liked it dramatically more than every other Marvel movie to come out since Endgame. Um. Like the first movie, I thought the action was weak. I I, I still think the, the the first movie's action was, didn't do much for me. This movie's action didn't do much for me. But it was the first movie since in this entire phase, outside of maybe No Way Home, that actually felt like it had stakes. Yeah. Oh. Mhm. And I and I had a great time. It was flawed, and it was a low bar to clear best since Endgame, <laughs> but it did clear it for me. So. No Way Home definitely is that's the best thing I've seen. I, that was after, right? That was after, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I really like No Way Home, too. So, no, yeah. Um, that's almost like a, that's so, almost unfair yeah. in some ways, though. Uh, you know what? We'll go with that. That one shouldn't really count. <laughs> it's just on its own. <laughs> it's, uh, th- that's the culmination of like 20 years of movies. It's, yeah. Yeah. So. So, well, cool, man. It yeah. sounds like we got some stuff to, uh, to watch. Look forward to next time you're going to gush about some, something, no, you, you know? You, you want to do that? Well, uh, we have other things we're going to talk about. We should save them all for next time. Sounds great. Sounds great. Excellent. All right, everybody. Have yourself a great one.